Welcome to the latest episode of the Stay Informed podcast. We're your hosts, Tom Oshowitz and Jessica Gonzalez. Today, we're discussing digital retail solutions, trends, and how compliance can keep up. So, Jessica, how are digital retail solutions evolving in the fintech space, and what key trends are shaping the landscape? Yeah, I think the first part is uh, what is digital retailing solutions? Uh, you asked me earlier, and I thought I should just start off the podcast with that. Um, so digital retailing solutions are really uh, direct to consumer or any kind of lender or dealer. Um, but ultimately, it is some way digitized that you are really being able to have a end-to-end -end financial transaction. So think of a dealer portal, think of a pre-qualification of an application for a credit card or a auto loan, anything that is digitized that ends in financial transactions for a consumer. So the evolution of digital retailing solution has been around for a while, um, especially in the fintech sector. We will always know that COVID really um, escalated this uh, evolution just because you had so many different ways to uh, create transactions for consumers as well as lenders and finance companies before COVID. Um, and when COVID happened, everything shut down. Um, you really had no other options except digital retail solutions. So um, from that, we've also seen omni-channel experiences, personalized services, and contactless payments. Um, omni-channel, that just means there's different ways um, for a consumer to do that financial transaction, meaning you can do it in email, you can do it in text message, you can do it on a computer. Um, what is the way that um, a consumer ends that financial transaction? Um, these trends really, though, they show a shift in being able to have a consumer have a seamless experience and enhance their way of having that transaction action. And my sense, Jessica, is what are some of the sort of the advantages of digital retail? I'm, I'm imagining that, you know, things like more efficient transactions, faster transactions, more personalized transactions, is that all part of the, the suite of benefits of digital retail? Yeah, so it's just being able to do um... I, there's kind of a slight saying that it's like uh, doing business and the channel of your choice, right? That's the whole thing about omni-channel is that if I don't want to be on the phone with you, if I want to just get a text message, right? It's consumer preferences and being able to have that seamless, frictionless experience so that you are getting um, ultimately the financial transaction without having to, you know, jump around, make phone calls, do all of these other things that you don't want to do. Um, and really ultimately, um, you know, this brings compliance right you start talking about user experiences and having all of these um, things that you would want to do but how do you make sure that you're not only having the consumer in mind and their experience but also being a compliant for those consumers um, what are your thoughts on that you know i think that you know you know this is sort of the next generation of the concerns that people had when they started getting online credit cards right it used to be that folks were worried about how do i actually verify a credit card applicant, I've never met that person before. What we've all now seen, the massive explosion of credit cards around the world and how people are now expect that they can go online and a click, be able to get some new service. So, you know, and I think the reason why that worked and which is I think more broadly true in digital generally is that you have to have compliance um, as a core backbone of the entire operation. You need to be able to demonstrate to uh, the user and the business operating that you can operate in a secure, transparent, and compliant manner. Um, something that works with uh, regulatory standards. And, um, you know, I think that without it, if you don't have these core building blocks, these core 
infrastructure in place, you're going to face a lot of skepticism from both consumers and regulators. And frankly, this is um, easier said than done. Um, Jessica, maybe I was wondering if you could highlight some of the challenges that are arising when you maintain compliance within you know, the obviously rapidly changing digital retail environment. How do you address them? Yeah, so I think, you know, top of mind, whenever you were talking through all that, the buzzwords I was hearing is, you know, trust and, you know, ensuring security. And what I started thinking of is when we heard, you know, lenders with account openings, um, creating accounts that were, you know, not really um, meant for consumers or consumers giving authority of those accounts opening. And so you start, heard a lot of this. And even now we start the regulatory and compliance kind of coming down on those lenders that were having those account openings without permission from the consumer. Um, and it was one of those where no harm, no foul. Um, and ultimately, you know, there was a lot of harm that was done for those consumers and those banks and regulatory items came came down very difficult. Um, so really what I'm thinking about is, is that you may not realize in an evolving, especially rapidly evolving fintech area that there can be harm done con to consumers, right? Um, if you're doing pre-qualifications and you're doing hard pools, how is that creating synthetic IDs? How are you creating problems that you really don't know um, will become more, more difficult um, to deal with in the future? And so I think that just being able to have that foresight, but also having subject matter experts that are able to help you think of the unknowns and the possibilities of how that could affect consumers. I have a response to that, Jessica. One that I think just, I just remember back in the day when the early days of the internet, um, before the 2000s, there used to be a cartoon that said, um, nobody even knows if you're a dog, right? That there's this cartoon of a dog typing questions. And the truth is now in the digital retail environment, people know absolutely if you're a dog, right? There's all sorts of checks that they have and you can actually verify in an incredibly robust way who folks are on the same time there's also um an arms race right because you have to keep on being nibble you have to keep on investing in compliance and security measures because the technology is changing and we've discussed in previous podcasts um the growth of you know generative ai and other types of techniques that are, are making verification even more important yeah um, and to that point, I think it's AI is one of the abilities of making sure that things are more compliant, right? Um, I think from a regulatory framework perspective, um, there's so many different ways that you want to have a checks and balance in regards to your compliance and those framework um, that you really want to make sure that you have the ability to do retro analysis, be able to do bulk reviews of portfolios to ensure that you are in compliance, that you have no customer harm, and quickly identify if any kind of rules or regulatory policies have changed, how that affects your framework. And if you can just do a switch or change a rule really quickly utilizing AI and how that has a waterfall effect within your framework, um, it really ensures that you are um, being specific and diligent in the way that you uh, have those compliance frameworks and not just making such a broad framework that really does not um, focus on those consumer uh, specific cues. I'd, I'd add to that, Jessica, one thing I think that people often forget when they're thinking about these type of issues in digital, it's not a once time effort, it's a continuous process. You just, not just verifying or making sure something is compliant or secure on day one, it's day two, it's day three, it's day 50. You really have to have an ongoing commitment, both in accuracy and in security to the customer. Yeah, definitely. I, and I think it's also making sure that, you know, 
there always, there's always rules and regulations that are changing, um, but then there's still some pl places that are really critical for you to continue uh, reviewing that has not changed. So I think that making sure that you're adjusting, but always remembering um, what are the core items that are you know, trust and security from a consumer perspective that you know what you're doing with consumers data, that you understand the privacy laws, some of those basics. Um, but like you said, there's always changing. So is there any kind of emerging regulatory considerations that businesses should be aware of that when they're implementing some of these retail solutions that they should be able to stay ahead of the game? Right. Well, you know, there are, you know, evergreen or ongoing concerns that folks are should be concerned about, which is, you know, data protection, AML, cybersecurity. Um, but I'd also like to know we're in an election year. And what does it mean to be in an election year? It means that there are a thundering herd of rules coming down from financial regulators. Just to give you a review of that, the CFPB has a rule on personal financial data rights, uh, which is going to give consumers more ability to look at the data that um, is coming from lenders. Uh, there's going to be a rulemaking related to the Fair Credit Reporting Act and data aggregators and how they're treated. Uh, there are new rules coming on credit card penalty fees, on overdraft fees, even on clean energy financing. And it's not just the CFPB, it's also folks like the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, where they just about a month ago implemented the final CARS rule, um, which I don't know what the acronym is, but from uh, what it stands for, it's about regulating fees, junk fees for auto dealers. And it's slated to go into effect on July 30th of 2024. I, I would note that there's a couple of uh, trade associations that are filing lawsuits against this, so that may be delayed. But the bottom line is, if there's ever a year to focus on what's coming down the pipe, this is it. Yeah, I think as usual, Tom, you have some great insights and uh, some really great over the horizon of what are requirements. But can you tell me really specifically, tactically, um, just putting my operations hat on here is like, what are things that somebody that is implementing one of these should just say, hey, I feel good about this because I put the check in the box um, for you know some of those true KPIs? You know, that's such a great question. I frankly think that we're at a inflection point on how companies are thinking about KPIs. One of the things that's happening with AI is that there's a lot more automation going on. And so people have to recognize that some of the checks they had in place, which they did historically with manual review, they're now gonna have to do with their automated systems. And, um, you know, you have to recognize that even if you're using an automated system, even if you're using AI, as we talked about before, you still have to face traditional legal requirements like the unfair and deceptive acts and practices UDAP. You have to worry about ECOA. You have to worry about safety and soundness requirements. So KPIs are super, super, super important these days. And just to give you a little tidbit about the KPIs that folks should think about, one of them is accuracy and one of them is model drift. If you're doing a document um, interpretation solution or a document evaluation solution, you need to know that the way the model works on day one is also working effectively on day 50. And a lot of solutions don't really give you the ability to see how accurate you really are. So you look for that. And the second thing is make sure that the models are still working. Yeah. 
I think that to that point, you know, even when we use AI, we'll never get rid of that human touch. You know, we always have the co-pilot in, in review, um, but also just the good old QC quality control, right? Um, making sure that you have sampling and annotation. Um, you do that kind of review of what is going on in your business and having um, the true, I think, you know, touch points of, you know, what are the different layers of AI touching, technology touching within your organization? And ultimately giving you that sanity check, like would I have done this if I was, you know, working this by hand. Um, I think we forget some of those questions, but are really impactful. Um, so ultimately, I think the integration and of innovation technologies, it, it's great. It has good opportunities, but it also has those compliance challenges that you brought up, Tom. Um, so they can enhance efficiencies, but they also require updates to the framework um, and addressing additional risk and ensuring responsibility. So um, around privacy security, that's always going to be top for consumers as well as lender sure. data. Um, so what else, Tom, uh, you think that that from a subject matter expert in that area that you can, you know, make sure that well, it's I, mean, I think you made a really fantastic point, Jessica, about the human touch. I mean, just think about annotations for a second. One way to be able to confirm accuracy is that you need at some point some sort of ongoing annotations to make sure that the documents are what they are. And uh, so you are going to continue to need that human touch. And I think that's just such a powerful and important point that you made. Yeah. Well, I think that's a wrap for our podcast today on digital retelling solutions. We hope you learned something. Um, I for sure did. If you have any questions that you would love for us to address, make sure you get send it over to our podcast for Stay Informed. Until then, this is Jessica Gonzalez. And this is Tom Oshowitz signing off.